it's about taking a risk in a world where we, we pretty much shy away from that on a regular basis. It's about putting yourself out there to be vulnerable enough in front of the rest of the world that you're willing to do something or attempt something uh, that most people would never try in their life. This is where you're meant to be. Like, I know it. I've never My best self is better than every single person who's going to walk on that platform that night. Gosh, man, that was, was a moment to change my life, man. Work harder than everyone else and just keep going. Get up and do it again and again and again. The journey to a better you starts right now. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Angelo Kelly. On this week's show, I'm joined by Cody Leffler, a gym owner, former CrossFit Games athlete, now turned coach. Um, Cody wears a bunch of different hats, but we talked specifically a lot about coaching, how you'll know you're a coach, and kind of what that really means, what it means, especially to be a coach of athletes. So that's something that Cody's super passionate about. We dove deep onto that. I do want to just give you a heads up. The audio quality is not the best on this one. I absolutely hate when the audio doesn't sound good, but I think Cody brought a lot of knowledge and insight to the podcast, so I feel like I just can't scrap the whole interview. But good news, I am in talks with him about doing a part two. He's coming back up to Pennsylvania from Florida, so we'll try to do an in-person interview in the next couple weeks and make it sound really good for you guys. So I hope you enjoy this one. I hope you can look past the audio. But a lot of good things are said if you are a CrossFit athlete or coach and really need some insight on what kind of path that you want to go down. I think this is a really good listen. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. Thanks. Yeah, I I wish I could do like the the really fancy intros and like introduce (laughs) people. It is kind of weird, though. Like, do you really want to be introduced by me? I don't know you. So it's like weird to hear an intro about yourself that. You're like, well, yeah, I mean, you can you can say the intro a lot better than I can. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I think it all depends. Everybody's got their own style. I, I think people appreciate when people kind of get right into it. You know what I mean? Um, and again, I, I haven't listened to a ton of the shows that you've done, but I've seen um, and heard some of them. And uh, obviously, I know some of your prior guests. It looks like you're doing you know, a really good job with it. And um, I mean, again, this... Uh, this stays in it or gets put out uh before i started i was on anything just like how how long did you how long you've been doing this and, and like what what ultimately do you seek you know to find with uh with your guests like what's the um what's the what's yeah so i mean i've been doing it for almost three years which is crazy to think about um oh. i started in uh sip it probably is three years actually 2019 so it was either august or september but um i started it so like i got into i got super into olympic weightlifting it was like i did the crossfit thing and then i started olympic weightlifting and i'm like all right i'm not good at olympic weightlifting let me ask all the people who are good and figure out like what they do for their program and i'll try to figure out their accessories and then started doing that and i was like wow this is really boring talking to people about weightlifting (laughs) like just just trying to learn about that so so now it's just kind of learning about people and i mean i love it's funny i mentioned to you i love talking to crossfitters because i don't think there's another sport where people are as passionate about it and it's like 
it's growing to this huge thing now. And and you can probably speak to that at the games, like how big of a spectacle it is at this point, but it's still kind of this niche sport at the same time where not a ton of people are doing it or even know, I mean, how many people are going to know Tia Claire to me at the airport? Right. Yep. Yeah. That's funny. You say that, right. It's just like, I, I talk about that sometimes with just even, even athletes that I coach when we have kind of like funny conversation about, what they aspire to be like and, and um it's a, it's sometimes it's like that's a humbling reminder where you're like you know these, these people are human beings you know what i mean like um we put them up on that pedestal and as we should for the things they've accomplished i'm not i don't mean it like that like trust me there's plenty of times i've been starstruck you know at the at the games or something like that where you kind of run into somebody um you know the athletes that i coach will tell you that i i probably play it cool uh and there's some history of that i'll get, I'll get into but it is, uh, it is really, that is like a verbatim example that I use. Like we, if we went into Wegmans right now, like maybe three people would like know. And, and even the ones that knew would be like, was that? You know, like, um, so it's, it's a totally different animal. And I've, I mean, I've been around the sport since 2011, like the very, very beginning of 2011. Um, and man, like, it's just, uh, I got in at, at a time when, uh, you know, there's probably some stories I can tell there, but just just a time where like the sports side of it was was budding, like really budding. Um, it was already through its like infancy stages and already through the ranch, you know. But uh, it was it was just at this very very pivotal point where a lot of people like myself were finding it, and um, you know just kind of at the right age and right time in life where it was um, just a good opportunity to to make that like kind of the next thing you got into and. Um, you know, we probably a lot of people like me out there who uh, had a little bit of um, luck and uh, success in their competitive experience will also tell you, like, you know, it's, it's, it's like watching the NFL now and talking about the 70s, you know, like, uh, could, would the Steelers steal curtains still be the Steelers steal curtain? Like, the game was just so different. And, you know, you got, you got guys like uh, Gee. And uh, these young young kids that are just like dominating the sport and starting to take it over. And um, you know, I have to say I was lucky to I was lucky to do it when I did it um, because you know I, I still had a chance back then. Um, and again, everything's red. You know, so every, everybody was of the same level, but uh, it's just really really cool. Man. It's really cool to see how much the sport has evolved. And there's things that we used to talk about. In our, you know, in the gym that I trained in, CrossFit Apex, uh, was the first gym I was in. Um, I'll talk about the second gym I was in, kind of as we go, but the first gym I was in, I remember talking with um, Josh Wagner and saying, like, you know, oh man, like, can you imagine getting paid to do CrossFit? You know, like, and uh, I never thought in a million years that, uh, I really never thought in a million years that, that, that somebody would need a coach at the CrossFit game. Um, and to see that evolution for myself as, um, as somebody who's really uh, in love with it, and that's where my passion for it came from, turn that into a, wait a second, I can actually compete in this and make it a sport. And that, that was like the perfect timing for me outside of college, um, landing in that. And then now sort of, you know, waking up one day in my late twenties and saying, uh, you know, I feel like everybody is, uh, is better than me. <laughs> and, 
and that's cool because I still have a lot to offer to the game. But um, you know, just in terms of getting older and trying to keep up in the in the no man's land between you know elite division and masters, like there's just a point where I think everybody crosses where you know they got to make a decision. So um, for me, it, that was that was the thing. It's like how can I still contribute? And I'll be honest, man. I've you know I've had a lot of great experiences coaching. Now I've been to I've been to Granite and Wadapalooza and the games. And I've had athletes at all those at all those places and, and more. Uh, those are probably the bigger, like more notable ones if you've been around for the last five or six years and even they've changed a little bit. But um, this year, this year really, um, this year really inspired me. I'll, I'll, I'll put it like that. And I'm sure we can kind of dig into that a little bit as we go. So yeah, man, listen, I mean, I'm, I got a lot to share. Um, I just appreciate knowing sort of where you're coming from. And, uh, you know, I, I know when you sent me the message, you know, I, I like said, I've seen your stuff before. I know some of the guests that have been on it personally. Um, and I just, you know, I'm really happy to, to jump on here with you, man. I appreciate you, you know, asking me to do that. Um, cool. Good timing, you know, a lot, yeah, a lot of I, things. Right absolutely. And it's funny. Cause, um, I mean, we have so many people in common that I, that you've worked with or trained with. And it's funny, I don't think I've ever seen your Instagram profile and then probably 10 or 12 different people who I follow shared all your stuff on the same day. And then I kept seeing it and I'm like, how have I never seen this guy before? But uh, yeah, man, the, like as far as CrossFit and, and seeing the, uh, I guess the early days, like, do you think there was something more pure about it when there wasn't these multi-million dollar sponsorships and people are training f for a living. They're just, this is their job now. It was their, like what it kind of talked through the early days and how yeah. people were just doing it for fun. Yeah. So, um, you know, again, this is all from my perspective, right. And, and my perspective was that of like being a young kid who didn't really know anything who uh, just got done playing college football and was just dying for, like, something to do besides run 5K. And I uh, wasn't exactly in love with, like, you know, sitting in the weight room for, you know, three, four hours a day and banging weights because, like, I did that all throughout college, and I was like, I'm done. You know what I mean? I'm done uh, carrying all this weight around. I'm done lifting these weights for three hours at a time. And, um, you know, I was a teacher back then. I was teaching at a school where, um, you know, again, you know, these are people people know now, but I didn't know uh, where Tanya Wagner's husband was teaching. And, um, you know, he was a phys ed teacher and he just like grabbed me in an, in an in-service and was like, yo, you know, come check this out. So heard across it before, uh, tried it with my buddy in college, thought it was like ridiculous. I'm like, who, who could ever do 50 pull-ups, man? Like, this is silly. Um, and uh, sort of wrote it off at that point, but went to this gym, saw a bunch of people that looked like they were you know, freshly casted in the movie 300. And I was like, well, I gotta, I gotta be a part of this. So, um, and it's cool because like, I won't go into all the specifics there, but like everybody has a similar story in this respect. Like those people that I'm talking about that I was looking into that gym and seeing for the first time before I ever knew them and was just overwhelmed by the like emotion of like, oh, like, what is this? I have to, you know, music's blasting. There's people in their shirts off just like climbing ropes and doing crazy stuff. Um, and like a lot of those people, are actually people that have gone on to like open gyms in the area, um, you know, be really high level competitors. Like, it's just really cool how those communities, uh, especially in the old days, were sort of the breeding grounds for like a lot of the stuff that you see now. 
that's like one thing that I will point out that oftentimes gets overlooked. Like there is just like a handful of people that I could probably go on two hands and talk about like one, their impact on the success that I've had that they don't, they do or don't know. Um, and two, just like the things that they are out there doing either directly related to the CrossFit community, like affiliate community, or related to like some relative uh, business or service inside of that. So again, it's just, just the nature of how things uh, grow and evolve. Um, and I would just say to your question, like the purity that existed uh, for sure, the purity that existed was something that I, I refer to kind of like gangs of New York, gangs of New York. You know, like that's, uh, and, and it's not quite that uh, aggressive, but man, you went through this, uh, let's say 2011 to, I'll probably say 2016. Like you went through this phase where, you know, everybody was doing uh, CrossFit. You know, everybody was in their gym and they're doing CrossFit. They're showing up, they're doing the workout of the day. Um, and that workout of the day was uh, mainly components of constantly very functional movement done at high intensity. Um, but gyms were kind of these like collective, you know, like uniforms of, of groups that like sort of was like, well, they don't go to that gym, you know, go to this gym or, um, you know, we're a competitive gym and they're not a competitive. So like things that like weren't always true, but just like, you know, oh, don't go there. They're super uh, intimidating. But come over here because we're not. And then at the end of the day, like everybody's offering or should be offering um, the workout of the day. And. Uh, they should be abiding by the principles that they're learning in their, in their you know, L1, L2, whatever the case. Um, and so, you know, when I think back to those times, I think about what was so great about it. And, uh, you know, ultimately, over, while this is overplayed, um, and I'll, I'll kind of give a different spin on it. I, I think it was the, the communities are what made it so pure, right? And everybody goes to community right away. And I'm not like the big, like, like a rah-rah community guy because, um I think that that part of it is fantastic. Uh, but I also think it's something that sometimes can hold people back um, just because of like a, a blind loyalty to a spot that's no longer serving them or, or maybe like uh, that changed and the coaching is not as good as it once was, right? I think, I think like community should be a thing. And I think that it's so important that we uh, support each other and have, you know, uh, really awesome like support system to work out with and whatever. But I also think that at times when you're an individual that has goals, like, that you know in your heart you feel like specific goals, um, if those goals and, and, you know, objectives that you have are not being fostered inside of that community, then, you know, ultimately, you're just talking about a group of people that you like to hang around. Um, and so that, that's not to poo-poo it. That's like, you gotta, I'm, you know, I'm, I coach athletes now. So it's like, if you're somebody that you want to categorize yourself into that faction, then you have to kind of make a decision at some point, sort of like what direction you want to take your game. Um, and so, like, what was really awesome about that back then was it, uh, it produced, it produced a lot of, um, a lot of like young budding uh, communities that had really good athletes that were coming out of them. And I think you take the concept between those years of kind of the CrossFit game, everybody tries to say, oh, the CrossFit games aren't CrossFit. They're not CrossFit in the day-to-day of -day, uh, uh, what successes are happening in the gym. And, and I lived that for a long, long, long time. And I'm all about that, right? There's really amazing things that are happening inside of CrossFit gym on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, I'm, nothing that I say in this 
podcast should overlook it. Um, but also, the games was like the pinnacle for what could be. And um, for whatever reason, like CrossFit kind of, you know, muddied that up in 2018. So back then, when it was still pure, it was like, well, we've got this regional level competition. And that sort of, uh, that sort of enhanced the open for everyone involved. So even if you were like Joe Schmo, who knew they weren't going to advance to the regional level, you knew maybe somebody in your gym was knocking on the door, or you know maybe there was like a perennial candidate in-house that that was going to make it. And for that reason, you and your gym and your community were connected to that level of yearly competition or yearly showcase. You know, like that was your opportunity. And so like a lot of people would rally around that. And then that, that developed a lot of pride within those communities. So, you know, I think like up until almost that point was where we saw like a major shift, um, not just in like the rules and the things that were happening in the sport, but I think just, you know, I, like I told you before, like I, I'm really inspired by the direction of the sport now. Um, there was a, a, a pocket there where uh, things got like really weird for like the last five years. And when they got weird, like, like immediately, it was super weird. So a lot of athletes and a lot of athletes that I coached uh, at the time were just uh, like, it was like all hope was lost. And I know that I'm not the only person on the coach side of the, of the fence that can speak to that. Uh, if you're able to talk to people and athletes as well, it was like, well, what the hell am I going to do now? I almost made regions. Like I was knocking on the door, like now that's gone. And now you have to be one of these full-time paid people to go to a sanctional or not. You know, so like there was like a, a, a long stem there where, it was so pure and it was so great because the same way that the same way that Ford makes uh, you know a Mustang, right? Not everybody goes to the Ford dealer and buys the Mustang, but they might go buy a Ford because they know the Mustang exists. You know what I mean? Mm. And so, like the same reason that people believe uh, or feel an attachment to the, the purity of those communities and those gyms and, and that and the sport at that time. Um, I do believe was was massively driven uh, by the connection between you know normal everyday CrossFitter and you know CrossFit regionals and potentially game athletes. So I can speak to that you know as an athlete myself and as a coach. I was part of some pretty awesome communities, um, but I think yeah, like like in a nutshell, that that would be. My biggest takeaway from uh, why the old days were just like different than they are now, you know what I mean? And I think that that's, I don't think that has to ever happen again. I don't think it has to be salvaged. I think it could be, and I think it's win-win on either side. Um, but yeah, I think from where I stand, you know, I, my experience being sort of walking into a gym in January of 11, going to regionals on a team that, that summer, um, Switching gym after the fact because I got a different job uh, teaching, ended up down in Westchester across the flows and uh, just learning everything there was possible to learn uh, from the guy there, Brian King. And, you know, again, if you're, if you're from Philadelphia or Westchester area or, you know, whatever, Delaware County, Bucks County, and you're part of the CrossFit team, you know, there, there's a high probability that, that you know that gym and you know uh, who he is. And so, you know, for me, that, that was probably, uh, that was probably the biggest, um, impact point for me, um, you know, just, just learning every day 
like something, you know what I mean? And uh, that that was also a big part of my competitive uh, journey there, right? Like so, you you have to be um, you have to be a student of the game, you know, when you're going through things like that that take a lot of dedication and commitment. Whatever your passions are, you got to be kind of like a student of them. So you know, earlier I just kind of alluded to like. I really lucked out along the way because I've been around a lot of really bright people. And, um, you know, like those people all played a role. Um, and I take a little bit of each one of them with me, uh, you know, whether I like it or not, I take it with me everywhere I go. And for me, luckily, because I think everybody does that, luckily the people that I got opportunities to be around um, were highly successful in their own right. You know, so um, I think just where I differ in opinion for a lot of those people is that um, at one point or another, I sort of acknowledged where I needed to fall in as a, as a coach. And I knew that there was going to be this big wave coming with the uh, evolution of the sport where everybody, including your everyday athlete, um, was going to need some form of individualization. Um, and that's not to say that every single person in CrossFit uh, will do that, but every single person uh, looking to be better than they were yesterday um certainly would benefit from you know what i mean and uh you start talking about longevity and, and time against time against money and and uh you know, those things add up pretty quickly when you're 37 working professional you're doing crossfit in a gym uh for you know six years and you're just starting to feel that climbing bang like a little bit on your body because you don't recover like a 20 year old um and so like you know, what do those people do, right? Like they just either keep going and send themselves into oblivion um, or they go kind of seek other avenues. Like I'm just going to lift or I'm going to do Olympicism or I'm going to, you know, go back to bodybuilding or I'm just going to run for a while or swim, right? So imagine a scenario whereby you had somebody who's creating a daily program for you uh, to not just just to beat somebody else or, or drive intensity through the roof, which are incredible concepts, right? But like, like we don't, we need those things, right? But at the same time, that was where I kind of ran into my own conflict, if you will, of saying like, hey, I want to do this, but I want to be able to take somebody, whether they're in it, you know, day one in experience or they've been doing this for 10 years and I want to be able to move them, you know, closer to their goal uh, in a way that's designed for them because that's going to be the way that lasts. And uh, the worst thing that's going to happen is they're not going to be injured. They're going to, you know, come out of this with kind of like some autonomy and like how to do this, you know, for life. Because I, I'm telling you, like I've, I've lived all the way through it now, right? Like when I was 25, if you thought when I was 35 that I was going, that I would be saying stuff like this, like that's not, when I was 25, I was like, I'm, I'm going to do this forever. I'm going to just be a crossfitter. And that's cool, man. There's people out there that can do that, but not me. You know what I mean? Like I had a, a years of football toll on my body and, uh, you know, walking in as a to CrossFit at 24, like my training age was already very, very high. Um, and like, I'm lucky I made it as long as I did at the level that I did. And, um, you know, my body kind of reminds me of that on a daily basis, but I can either like just take that and like give up, <laughs> you know, or I can, or I can use what I know and, and kind of practice what I preach a little bit and say, you know, it's, it's not scaling. And scaling is not your answer. 
you know what I mean? Because there's, there's a ceiling on that like anything else. And it's still going to drive, you know, poor, poor movement and um, just intensity into places where it doesn't need to be for uh, those people, right? I'm speaking about non-athletes, by the way, like non-competitors. And everybody in the CrossFit gym is an athlete. So, like, when I say athlete, I mean somebody that wants to, wants to win, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I want to I win at a sport that I'm signing up for that I'm putting myself on the line out there, outside of the walls of my facility, and I'm laying it out there, hell or high water. Like, I could look like a complete idiot out here. Like, that's what an athlete does, right? So, like, non-athletes, people who just are staying in shape, working out, you know, kick ass on a daily basis so they can be better in their, in their work life. Um, you know, both of those individuals need, in my opinion, the, the personalization, and that's kind of how the sport is. Yeah. And I mean, I, I do, I have been that person who said the CrossFit games isn't necessarily CrossFit. I, I do stand by that. And to be fair, I think a lot of what's going on in CrossFit gyms isn't necessarily CrossFit anymore either. And I mean, that day one person, especially I, I always used to tell people like, just show up at a CrossFit gym and they'll take care of you. But it's not the best advice because sometimes you're going to go to a gym that just doesn't have good coaches or you're going to go to a gym that really doesn't know how to safely onboard people. And then you do have those people who turn into the 40 year old who's like, I'm never doing CrossFit again. I got hurt, hurt my shoulder, hurt my back, whatever. But that's because like in the CrossFit gyms, it's it's more geared towards like let's we're selling you know, people fall into like, this is the way they program. And I, I enjoy that, but the people who are, who have injuries or who haven't trained, it's really hard for them to just get in on day one. And like, actually one, you have to enjoy it. So like, if you, if you're not able to do any of the movements, you're probably going to be like, well, this is stupid. This guy's doing, doing a hundred pounds more than me. And he's doing rope climbs and I'm stuck, stuck like in the corner doing something else. So Yeah, I do think, um, I mean, if you look at the methodology of CrossFit, like I, I truly think that CrossFit is beautiful, but how far off are we from CrossFit at, at certain places? I mean, to the same point, there's amazing gyms. There's gyms that you'll go to that will have coaches who will safely get you into it. You're going to have an excellent workout, regardless of if you are that athlete or if you're the 50 year old who just wants to stay in shape, but it's like, it's not, you're right. It's not one size fits all. Like you're just going to sign up for a CrossFit gym, no matter where, where you live. And it's going to be a successful story after that. Yeah. And that's like, that's the, what I try to drive home because I've, I've kind of lived through different cycles of this where, um, like I said, I've, I was uh, working across the gym for a long, long time. I had my own CrossFit gym for a period of time and then uh, transitioned into more of just a uh, traditional gym that trains, you know, everybody, uh, regardless of your goal. And, uh, you know, again, right, it's a, it's a paradigm shift more than anything. But, um, you know, I would say that the biggest, uh, the biggest issue isn't for me, like what I see. You know, you can, you can talk about that at any point because even a good gym, anywhere, any type of gym, a good gym can, can roll trainers over. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, we lost our best coach. And then you have like a, kind of like a, a period of time where things aren't as good as they used to be. And you're trying to make that up or whatever. So you can, you can say that about really anything, but I think that, um, 
you know, again, right, it's, uh, it's more or less an injection of values in the, in the people's lives. So, like, for people listening to this, like, you, you have to think outside of uh, hearing those things and saying, oh, this guy doesn't want to trust not true. Um, I, love, I love it. Actually, I love it more right now than I've loved it in the last five years. Um, and I think that's obviously the, the competitor in me. Um, but yeah, that's, that's all it is, right? I just, my philosophy on it is um, just make sure that you're doing the things that you want to do. Um, make sure that you're doing the things that enhance and optimize your life um, and that you feel like you could be doing today, but also maybe 10 years from today. And if what you're doing today is uh, possibly going to put a hindrance on your ability to do just even like the basic thing 10 years from now, um, and you don't have any competitive aspirations, that, that's where I would start to ask questions like, what else exists out there um, besides the thing that I'm doing? And, and as I mentioned in the very beginning, it's like uh, what I think is happening in CrossFit gyms is so fantastic is that it is um, a starting place for so many people. And, uh, you know, it was a major starting point for me that, uh, that I can never kind of like turn my back altogether on because it, it opened so many amazing doors uh, for me and what I've been able to do thus far. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's, uh, it's there's kind of a long route of history into how, you know, how I get to the point I'm at now and, and, and philosophy on it. But the, the bottom line baseline of, of, Kind of where I come from is, uh, you know, listen, if it's, if it's um, doing CrossFit regularly for your whole life versus sitting on your ass, then of course do it, you know? Um, but I do think that at some point, and this, and this is typically where um, people will contact someone like me or me, um, it's just at some point you're going to run into two things. One of those things is, I really want to compete. And I want to take my game to the next level. And, uh, and I'm not, I don't want to do just kind of like a ambiguous paid program that exists out there in the interweb that uh, is not necessarily for me, but it's for the entire world. Um, it's, it's more cost effective, but uh, it's you know, for everybody else. And I call into that course. For some people, that's a great option and it answers the call. So that's like the competitor side. If you're on the uh, other side of that, you're like, ah, you know, it's crazy because when I walked in here three years ago, I was just looking at fit, and now I go to the chiropractor and the physical therapist um, two to three times a week just so I can continue to exercise in my gym. Then there's like a little bit of a contradiction there. And uh, again, those things have their shelf life like anything else. So when I, to kind of, to kind of move the conversation forward, like when I moved from directly out of the CrossFit gym into my um, facility now that was a licensed model prior to what we are now, um, that, that was ultimately like a big part of what we were trying to present front facing because there was a, there was a bigger picture concept there for kind of what we call general, general population, you know what I mean? Um, Again, that's people who want to get fit, they want to be healthy, they want to live a long life, they want to uh, be optimized in whatever it is they do. And so, like, what we were trying to do, whether you ever did CrossFit before or not, was uh, bring people in, meet them exactly where they are, you know, go over the, the principles that 
you know, we believe in and then also like talk through what priorities they have inside their life. Are they a CEO somewhere? Do they require, you know, can they get eight hours of sleep? Like, you know, what are the factors inside of their life that we need to address now so that we can kind of meet and be on the same page <clears throat> and then create a program that's uh, kind of specifically for them that they can come in and, and do when it fits their schedule. Um, so inside of those tenants, you have, you know, you have a lot of uh, ideal scenarios for people that, you know, are moms and dads that work a hectic schedule. Um, you know, hey, here's a gym I can go to. I can come to it 24 seven. Um, I have a program designed for me at all times. And depending on what time of day I show up, I can get some eyes on me if I choose. Um, cool, you know? Um, so that, that was like a big part of what, you know, transitioned us out of the group model in general. And so, you know, like I said, man, it, it was, it was kind of a, uh, it was kind of two-sided because we have the side of your working professional population and people that are there for health. And then a big side of, uh, you know, just athletes, right. Looking to, to get after it in the sport. And when things kind of turned in 2018 for CrossFit, um, in terms of the game, you know, you could just, you could just kind of feel it. Like there was a major, major deflation for a lot of those folks. And a lot of them were kind of like in the gap period of their life where it was sort of like, if I don't do this in the next, you know, one, two, three years, then it's probably going to be it. So, you know, you, you joke because like, there's a reason you haven't seen my social media page. You know what I mean? It's because uh, I go dark sometimes, uh, like everybody else. And the reason that you go dark sometimes is you kind of get frustrated or, or fed up inside of, um, you know, what you're trying to promote, what messaging you're trying to put out there, um, not seeing the, the benefits to it, not seeing the return to it. Um, and on top of that, you're trying to, you know, I got two, two little guys at home, so you're trying to be a dad, you're trying to run a business. Um, you're personal training people throughout the day, you're spending time in the gym, um, you know, coaching hours on the floor and, uh, get new clients and answer emails and all of a sudden you're like social media like who cares um, so this year man it's been like a, a major rebirth for me and uh, my athlete who just finished third at the games in her age division has been uh, you know and it's been with me a long time but, but uh, her, her process this year her journey this year has been uh, just a major catalyst to uh, reigniting and I'll be honest, man, I mean, revalidating, re right? You feel like you lose, you lose a little bit of what you, what you have up on the time. And um, that's, that's sort of uh, part of all of it. Is, is there are tons of, tons of really good athletes, um, you know, in our general area uh, who would benefit in, incredibly from working with a coach. And that'd be me. Just working with a coach. And there's so many factors outside of a program that are, are what makes that beneficial. And I think that's probably the thing that gets overlooked the most. Um, and probably what I try to speak to inside of like what a, a lot of I've posted about, you know, now. And um, there's a lot that I have to offer on that side that, uh, that I probably have always had, but that I realize more kind of just as I, I age a little bit. Um, and I would say that, like, you know, you go back five years, and it doesn't seem like that long ago, but there's also probably, like, just a, I would say there's probably 
more of a connection for me to the time when I was an athlete than the connection for me to the time when I was purely a coach. And so like, even back then, you know, I, I was coaching exclusively. I wasn't doing a lot of competing, but I was closer to the time when I was competing than I am now. And so like when you, you're able to kind of remove yourself from that and uh, just really stay in the trenches for, you know, a long period of time here and work through a couple of things. And, um, you know, coaching is, uh, you got you to gotta know your shit, but right? you got to be like uh, pretty, pretty connected to what CrossFit is and, and what the CrossFit games are, are demanding. Um, and also you got to have like a little bit of a crystal ball, like a little bit. Um, nobody's ever going to guess it perfectly, but you, but you have to like, and this, this is why I think you see success with a lot of coaches that have been around a, a long time. Like you have to have some history inside of the sport to, to always understand, like, because that's what CrossFit does, man. They, they continually go back to their roots uh, as a means of like the unknown, right. Or recreating the unknown. And we saw that this year with Boz probably like more than we've seen in the last, you know, eight years, but that's always been a theme, right? The wall walks a year or two prior um, coming out in the open. Um, you know, like there were so many elements this year, or when you get to the games, it might be something simple, um, like you're going to ride on a bicycle instead of, you know, ride on an assault bike. And, you know, not everybody gets the opportunity to do those things, or maybe they didn't think about it in the year that it was an eggboard. Um, I'll take another example. Parallel bars this year was a great example. So, like, you're always thinking ahead as a coach, and then you're always kind of thinking, like, in reverse around, like, well, what, what could kind of be something that they come up with? And I think you're never going to nail that sometimes. You're never going to nail that directly on the head. But I think uh, – you know, the, the magic, if you will, inside of your programming uh, is more or less a, a general preparation for adaptation uh, in a given circumstance, right? So you have to not only just like, not only do like the basics and the X's and O's, like the power cleans and the wall balls and the toes and bar, like it's not just doing those things, um, you know, really well and doing them in different uh, you know, context and a 12 minute AMRAP versus a six minute. It's, it's not just like the domain um, as much as it is sometimes throwing in um, wrinkles uh, that require an athlete to adapt in the moment. Um, and those things can be done really simply, like with different weights and things that they're not used to, um, or just simply like reverting back to strict movement when they're used to. Uh, doing a lot of kipping through a, a given cycle or whatever the case may be. Um, and the reason that a coach is so important in that process is because, you know, when you're doing the uh, whatever, by the dozen program that exists uh, for everybody out there, which are very valuable, right? I'm not, listen, you do mayhem athlete, like obviously that shit works for a lot of people, right? Um, and it will probably work for you if you're consistent, you know? Yeah, most people. The problem is most people don't do just mayhem athlete. They do mayhem athlete, and then they throw in a proven workout, and then they see something cool on Instagram. So it's right. like you're and not really following the entire program. A hundred percent. And why is that? And that's because, in my opinion, that that lacks the the necessary connection to the purpose. You know what I mean? Okay, I paid my nine dollars, and now I got my program. Like, 
and like Rich wrote this program, so obviously it's going to get me to the CrossFit game. No question, you know? And that's just not how it's done because there's no, like I said, I mean, there, there's no amount of money that you can have to buy your ticket. You know, that's what makes the sport so great. There's no amount of work that you put in that like the games owes you shit for. That's the best, right? Like, like the kind of person that it takes to make it to that level, like you have to be obsessed, right? And you've probably heard people talk about that before, but that's the truth. And I've had a lot of time to reflect on that this year with, uh, with Tim especially. And you look back and um, she's been obsessed for the last five years. You know, it's not, it's not like this year she woke up and was like, all right, I'm going to be obsessed with this. You know, so um, you, it's it's multi it's just multifaceted as a coach, and I think that so many people miss the oppor- miss the opportunities that exist for them in a in a given window because you might be 26 right now, right? And by the time you're 29, you might have a shot, but you're gonna miss that opportunity because it's not about uh, purely the X's and O's for you. Maybe it is, you know, like maybe your program sucks, or maybe you're not consistent enough on your program, but. Uh, the thing that elevates it for people and anybody who's ever competed or trained to compete can understand this is like, it's just, and not just a competition weekend, like, like the year it, it's, it's a roller coaster, you know, like the whole thing, like it's an emotional ride. One day you're top of the world and the next day, and I'm talking about a random Wednesday of training, you know, you show up on Monday, you whoop ass Wednesday, you come in to train, nothing's going your way and you're ready to quit. And like, Dude, if you're if you're not like a innately mentally strong person that's already like been through some shit and you're like no nah, i just got to keep showing up and keep pounding um or you don't have a mentor or you don't have a coach that, that you can bounce things off of um you're not going to make it you know what i mean like you just you're not going to do that so i think the, the term coach gets a little bastardized right in the whole process because it's like well yeah whatever like that's that's the program i follow you know like you, you think because you signed up for proven the same or as you coach that's not true. You know, I mean, it's just not true. So you got to kind of, at some point, I think, ask yourself, like, what exactly you're looking to get out of it. And, you know, you could spend, you could spend seven years paying $29 a month and never have anything to show for them. Or you can put three to five years in to something that was designed for and dedicated to your success. And at least, at least be able to walk away from that when there's a draw, knowing that you gave everything you had to it. And uh, you probably have a pretty good sense at that point of uh, if you had a real shot or not. And I think there's just, again, like, you know, I don't, if I were to ask somebody, and if I were to ask an athlete to just start a crossword, that if they could, you know, if they could give me a, a thousand bucks right now, but it would guarantee them a spot at the game. I bet you they would do it. <laughs> so, you know, when it comes down to priorities and what you value, you got to just, you got to start thinking about this thing from 18, 24, 36 months out and looking at it as an investment. Like, is your goal to get to the level? Is your goal to get to the, the semifinal level? You know, is your goal to get to quarterfinals? Or do you want to spend uh, an aimless three to four years doing that? Or do you want to just, kind of brass tax, work with somebody that, that's proven, that's done it, that understands it, and that's going to kind of lift you up because they make it their sole purpose to do so. You know, and that's what a lot of great coaches, it's not just me, 
there's just a lot of great coaches out there that have proven that have done this thing um, that are, you know, going to be able to move the needle for an individual uh, in that fashion. But not everybody sees it that way or takes it uh, into consideration that way. And the, the life of the coach, man, is, uh, you know, like I was just having this conversation sort of today. Like, you know, a, a coach gives you everything they have because they hope that you get one second of greatness. You know what I mean? Like a coach will put everything they have into your program, your mentality, your coaching, your emotions. Uh, they'll be with you every step of the way. They will, they will give you their heart, you know, for an entire year of their life at a time before it's time to evaluate and, and decide if you're going back at it or whatever. And uh, to the bitter end, you know what I mean? You're, you're, it's, it's day two. You had a bad event. You know, you're on the cliff and they're talking you off of it and trying to also keep you focused on what your next meal is and when it's time to, you know, knowing that all they see in you is your, is your potential and capability when, when that potential is on fire. And they know that you're, you know, you might be down, but you're never out, right? Like this is what a coach kind of knows. And you go through that weekend and there's a video, you know, circulating of uh, Kim crossing the finish line for a final event. And uh, I was lucky enough to have people there that captured that. And I'm so incredibly thankful they did. Um, because for like a large portion of my coaching career, you know, I don't discredit like anything that I've contributed in the world of the program or mentality or anything like that. I know the value. Um, when I walked away from the CrossFit Games this year, knowing that the value that I bring to the table for an athlete is out here, um, and I'm confident, right? I can say that. Uh, that doesn't mean every athlete I coach with is going to end up at the CrossFit Games with a medal. It just means that um, for me personally, right, there was a lot of things that I've personally gone through over the years and, and uh, you know, worked through as a coach myself and a lot of ups and downs myself. And uh, this for me was invigorating, it was validating. But, man, the moment where she crosses the finish line and solidifies that third-place finish after eight events all weekend, you know, keep in mind, this is a, this is a 55 to 59 female. You know, like, what it takes for that person to get to that moment. Uh, I understand that the field of athletes is smaller, obviously. But, uh, man, let's, let's take into consideration what, what that means for your body and what that means for your mindset and, and uh, all the things that you had to endure up to that point. And me and Kim have been through Pretty damn near everything at this point, right? Um, and she's got like the, the third place triple crown, I call it. You know, she took third at Granite a few years back. She took third at Guadalupe this year, um, and then third at the game. And uh, you know, we I think we still got a little bit of work to do. But when she crossed the finish line, there's a video of her doing so, and uh, and me in the stands, kind of right there. It was really special that I got to be that close, and um, it was special that somebody got to capture that moment because I don't remember. I don't remember reacting um, kind of how I did. And the purity, you talk about purity, you talk about like the, the purity in, uh, and joy in that reaction, um, just exclusively for another human being who has gone through the shit that she's gone through and the things that she's done up to that point. For me, it was like a pinnacle moment as a coach because it was so uh, raw and uh, it just kind of all came out at once. And whenever I watch that tape, whenever I watch that video, um, which I still do like almost weekly now. Um, but I, I get to watch that video and see that moment. And uh, I just, I just remember like 
the feeling kind of just overwhelming taking control because of being able to see that athlete that we've been working together for so long now cross that finish line and you could you could just see like five years in the making of everything we had ever worked on just just fall in line right there in the moment and as a coach as much as it's awesome like it's awesome for me to talk about that and say like yeah it's my athlete and I did that like as a coach just to see that moment like that's why we do it you know what I mean like that's 100% why we do it so I would give anything in this world to see an athlete who is genuinely chasing that dream that they have right even even if they fall short of accomplishing right I would give everything that I have to give to that individual just for them to find a spot along the way where they know and they understand that they found something some piece some essence of what it was that they were looking for to start with and those moments like there's no metal right there's no metal that like encapsulates that moment for an individual right and, and like i that was one of my posts like you can keep the medals you know what i mean i got medals right they're hanging in the gym where they belong because it was it was a, a moment in time and a part of a, a thing where you know we all came together and worked our asses off and, and were champions once upon a time and uh, if i want to visit them like i know where they are you know but the thing that can't be recreated or 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 seen by anybody else in that light or um, you know, held by somebody else as though it's their own or those moments. And I think for an athlete and a coach together, like, like that's the, that's the secret. You know what I mean? Like if, if you're anybody who's ever been willing to, to go after something, um, with everything they have and actually step into the arena. And that's why I get so fired up about the term athlete. You know what I mean? It's like, I get it. I understand. I understand why, why CrossFit coaches call all their members athletes. I understand. But I, I just, I just like, I just don't live in that frequency. You know what I mean? Like this is not, and it's not, it's not like an everybody gets a trophy thing. Like, yo, you guys show up, you work hard as shit. No doubt. Like pat on your back. You do some hard things and you are crushing it out here uh, in the class every day, doing your thing, setting an example, like kudos, man. I love it. But, like that's a, that's a sacred term. You know what I mean? Because when you've walked in those shoes and you understand it, um, and you get a firsthand look at what those athletes actually go through on a yearly basis because of the work that you do with them. Like, to me, that's a, that's a special part. You know what I mean? Yeah. I throw all my medals out, actually. Mo- most of the- you get them. <laughs> usually <laughs> I'll, wait, I'll wait a couple of weeks, but usually they end up in the trash. <laughs> when, I do that. I just, I don't care about stuff, really. I mean, like, I, I won... Uh, I won like the bronze clean and jerk at the AO American yeah. open. And I'm like, who cares? Like somebody yeah. clean and jerk 30 more kilos than me who got gold, but <laughs> that's just me. I'm that's not saying. Obsessed, bro. Yeah. You to... Yeah. You didn't go there to get third. Yeah. And I mean, I look at it as like, I mean, I enjoy competing. Like I I'm there competing against myself. If somebody, if five other people who had bigger totals than me signed up, then it like wouldn't matter anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Hey dude, that listen, though, that's sports, right? I mean, there's somebody, there's somebody out there training right now who's fully to come out and, you know, take the throne. Mm-hmm. And that person wasn't competing this year. So like lucky, 
lucky whoever wins. You know, that's what I was talking about, like, back in the day, like, 2011 to 2016. It's like, I'm just lucky there weren't as many good athletes <laughs> in that, like, then as there are now. How do you know when you're a coach? Like, how, when did you start to get the passion for, and I'm sure there was a point where you had to set aside your own, hey, I'm going to compete, I want to go to the CrossFit Games, versus, like, I will do everything. I'll put in all the hours programming, even if even if this person doesn't hit their goal. And it's like, it's totally, you're flipping the script. It's not about you at all. And it's like, I mean, you can talk about it. third place at the CrossFit Games. They don't give the coach a trophy or medal. It, it's <laughs> no. just to the athlete. So, so no, I would throw it out. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd you know that that was you? Or, or was it a gradual process? Like it, it wasn't just, you yeah, know, Yeah, man, flipping. you know what? That's a great... It's a fantastic question, actually, for, uh, I think, a lot of people to get some, some introspect on who are coaches themselves, because I think everybody's answer to that is going to be different, uh, and it should be. I think the truth is, man, that I've been, I've been that way my whole life. And uh, so, like, it's funny, because CrossFit was really the only thing that I was, like, so good at at a time that, like, you know, it was like, oh man, like this guy's shit. Like he's good. Like, and again, that was to your point. Like that was just that was me at a given time period in a certain area. So you know, code the Mid Atlantic region from 2011 to 2015. Like, okay, yeah, I was pretty good. You know, a couple of those years I was really good. But even still, I wasn't like the best. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say that uh, probably just probably just in detail of how probably just in detail about how I was raised. Um, I think, you know, I'm a fortunate kid, man. I've I've had uh, really good parents, really good upbringing, and um, just always been around, like, good role models and uh, hardworking. And within that, like, my dad was always, like, he was always coaching me um, in sports. And we coach way differently from each other. Um, You know, our styles are way, way different. but he was always there, and he uh, was always trying to find the, the best in me, right? And so I just, like, kind of absorbed that in, in my youth. And I knew kind of where and how to recognize that in other individuals. Um, and I think that the biggest thing when you're young that that does, like, I wasn't trying to coach people that I was on the team with when I was 12 years old. But that's not what I mean. But I think the thing that that is – most relevant with is sort of how you take on um, like a leadership role um, as you get older. So I kind of, kind of took that with me through high school. Um, I played multiple sports, but the sport I focused on was football and I was a center. And uh, as a center, you're kind of like leader of the offensive line, you know, unwritten, unwritten rule, but it's just part of the, the concept because you have to make so many calls pre-snap, you know, during the snap, you're calling the huddle. You got to remember the snap count. Um, a lot of times, you're telling other guys who they're blocking before they even block. And um, that, you know, elevated into college, and I was doing the same thing there, and just kind of honing that craft a little bit. And then I was at, I was a teacher for you know five years, state of Pennsylvania. And so, like, I just kind of I've had a little bit of, of education and training, like formally in that. Um, and like I like I mentioned earlier on the on the in a conversation, just like being a student of things that you're a, a part of. So I would say that like just that that 
characteristic of my personality is just common. So, or sorry, not common. It's just uh, kind of like innately inside of me. So whenever I'm doing something or whenever I'm learning something, um, I'm also just kind of like absorbing that in a way that I know I'm going to learn better if I don't always have to do this, but I'm going to learn a new skill or a new concept or a new whatever better if I'm able to kind of teach that to somebody else. And so through my experience as a competitor, one, as I mentioned earlier, got to be around a lot of awesome people, like a lot of good mentors. Um, and I could have, I could have done what a lot of other athletes do, which is not pay a lick of attention to any of that and just, you know, show up and do deadlifts and burpees and just keep it moving. Or I just kind of took it upon myself to soak those things in because, you know, I just think that, I guess, uh, between the natural calling to that and also kind of eventually wanting to get out and do my own thing and, um, you know, have a gym and coach athletes, that was, that was just sort of the way that I saw things, the way forward that I could, that I could see, uh, because I knew that even though I was a teacher by profession, like I hated being in a school and teaching. So like, how am I going to continue to do what I love um, and, and feel like I'm fulfilled? And that was through kind of like coaching. So, I mean, that's like the, the historical sense of it, but how, did I, how do you know you're a coach? Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's definitely a, a connection point there where you're, you have to kind of cut ties with the athlete you were in a sense, right? Not completely because you want to use those things as, as antidotes for your athletes. I think that's a very powerful piece of what I do as well. There's no situation that an athlete that I'm coaching is going through and I haven't like been through in some way, you know, like I might not have been third place individually at the games going into the final, you know, but I, I can relate to the moment. I can relate to the environment. I can relate to the obsession. I can relate to the stakes, uh, the importance for somebody. Somebody on the outside looking in might be like, hey man, you tried your best. And you're like, you know, you did the best you could. <laughs> and somebody who's in those competition shoes might have just taken, you know, 10th worldwide. And to the general populace, it's like, dude, you're freaking savage, you're an animal. Um, but again, right, it just depends on, on that individual and understanding what their ultimate outcome, what they're looking for is. And I know when we went to the games in 2013, like we took 15th. Um, and I look back on that now and uh, I'm like, I'm so proud of that. You know, like that's incredible. As you should be. Yeah. 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 For sure. I'm so proud of it now. But at the time, like, I, at the time on the flight home, I was sick. You know what I mean? We just wrapped up in California. We're, we take 15th overall. Uh, you know, I was proud of my effort. I was proud of the team that I was on. I, was, uh, I love every single one of those people, um, always will. The, you know, the thing for me was like, I didn't come out here to get 15. And it just, that's just how I was because I was obsessed. So like, you know, why does Matt Fraser feel the need to win so many times? You know, like, how does, why does Michael Jordan not walk away sooner? Like, there are just people that, and I'm not comparing myself to either one of those individuals, by the way. <laughs> All I'm saying is that there are people who, who go about their business in a way where it's, it's beyond a passion for them and it's something that they become obsessed with. And I think the thing that I am 
think the thing that I'm most obsessed with is helping people realize, um, helping people who want what I'm about to say, who are willing to put their face in the fire on a daily basis, um, helping those people to realize what they're capable of when they uh, commit wholeheartedly to that endeavor. And uh, for that, it's like, there's not necessarily like a win-loss column for me, you know, for the athlete, like, again, I'm, I'm reflecting on those moments. So now I can look back and I can say, oh man, that's awesome what they're doing for that regional appearances. Like we dominated the mid-Atlantic region for two straight years. Like it wasn't even close to 14. We, we were going to the games after Friday. Like, you know, you think about that, like that's awesome. You know, you look back on it, but um, I just think that, that uh, the biggest thing I think that I, I've always been connected to just as an athlete and, uh, and now as a coach is, is uh, being overcome or overwhelmed with sort of looking at that whole process and knowing what it takes. Um, and like for me as an athlete, I, I can remember, sorry, I can remember standing in uh, the Home Depot Center or the Dove Hub Center, which whatever it was at the time in 2011, and I wasn't a games athlete. I just went out there to watch. And I remember you know, watching Rich Froning, you know, work the way that he did. And I remember the impact that that had on how I went about my training, not, not the amount of times I trained today, because, you know, somewhere in like 2012, there was a video released of Rich Froning doing six workouts a day. And then every crossfitter everywhere was like, I got to work out six, six hours a day. Um, but like, not, yeah, not to that point, but just like watching how he did it. Not like how... Not like how many times a day he trained, just just looking at the, the beauty of like what was why he was so successful. Um, how he transitioned, like how he stayed comfortable in an uncomfortable environment. Um, things that I couldn't always see inside of my gym. You know, three, two, one, go, everybody kicks the door down, everybody dies, they just survive for the remaining time and then they all lay on their back. Like that that you don't see that there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like Crossfitters at the games aren't uh, yelling time as they ghost ride a thruster and laying on their back. Like, you know, so you, you get, you get perspective because you get around people who are great and you get an opportunity to see them. Um, and I think that, like I said, man, I, I just think the thing that I'm most in love with is, is watching, uh, being able to be a part, a, a big part. You know, I used to kind of downplay that being able to be a big part of somebody's journey or, or uh, progression I'm going to start using the word progression. I feel like journeys are so burnt. Um, but somebody's progression like as an athlete uh, who, you know, comes to you and is vulnerable, vulnerable enough to say to you, I want to go to the game. You know, that, what that takes from somebody uh, to be able to willing to put that out there like that, um, you know, or whatever the level of, of competition that they seek to be. Um, me being able to play a role in that that's bigger than uh, 21, 15, 9 that I wrote for them, right? Me being able to work with them and um, see them on a very personal level and be able to, to uh, share wisdom that I have and relate to situational stuff and help them through really, really difficult times. Um, you know, you can ask anybody that I coach, you know, like, like and, and this probably goes for every great coach out there, 
And I know there's people listening to this that like coach athletes that will relate to this 100. percent You know, um, coaches don't care about you know they, they don't care about the time clock. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not a job that you clock into and clock out of, right? And and they don't care about this is the offensive lineman in me, right? I was built for this. Like they don't need the they don't need the pat on the back. You know what I mean? Their validation is, is watching the, the product that they've created. And, uh, you know, winning is awesome. Like, there's, man, it's a freaking awesome weekend when your athlete's killing it and taking third place. Like, don't get me wrong, you know? But, like, there will be people that see that and associate that concept with who I am and what I've done. And that's awesome for me because that's great, right? People will reach out and say, hey, man, I want to work with you or, Oh, what'd you do? And let's talk a little bit. That stuff's great. Winning is always going to produce. Uh, winning is always going to produce results and outcomes and new clients and things like that. If if all of those people listening or all of those people on the outside looking in could be a fly on the wall for the last five years with the clients that I've had the opportunity to work with, and with all the things that we've been through and all the conversations that have occurred, um, you know, really behind closed doors, if you will, or or you know, the, the conversations that happen at events, even just to be there with me and Kim at the game, this go round. I mean, for, for somebody to be behind the scenes, peeking into the, 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 you know, mentality work that we were doing just in between events and the, and the, the treachery that is managing the emotions uh, as you kind of go through the weekend and knowing where your, your high spots are going to be and knowing where the low spots are going to be. And then something unexpected happens. And then you're like, Oh man, like, now what? You know, like so. It, that's that's the part of you when when you do that without any expectation for, uh, you know, validation or or to be patted on the back or it, it, when you do that naturally. You know, and I talk about it with athletes like what your priorities are. Your priorities are what you spend the most time doing. So what I spend the most time doing outside of, um, you know, being a dad. What I spend the most time doing is. Uh, making sure that my athletes have everything they need to be successful uh, physically, mentally, and emotionally. And it's like, there, there is no other part of that deal. You know, like you gotta be, you gotta be all the way in it with them. Um, and there's going to be different stages, but you gotta be committed to the individual. And uh, tell you what, like there's a lot of highs and a lot of lows, you know? anybody can be a great coach when you're winning right just like anybody can you know love being an athlete when things are going their way but the part of me that loves being a coach so much is invested in being able to meet people when the chips are stacked against them because that's kind of like just sort of where i come from you know what i mean so yeah i love that i think i'm most connected to yeah yeah, and I mean, think how many people just competed at the CrossFit Games. How many people won? There, There's two individuals who win, and then there's everybody in the age group brackets, 15, 20 people. And then there's hundreds, yeah. there's hundreds who didn't win. And it's that's not a failure on their part. It's like maybe that person who came in 27th place, that's the best they'll ever do. And that's yep. fucking awesome. Like, that's cool. Oh, and. And to get to that, yeah, I mean, even to qualify for it, it's like all the priorities that you have to put aside, all the training that you have to do. 
I look, I mean, I look up to, to people who do that. And it's like, I don't care who won the CrossFit games. Like I could give a shit, but like (laughs) it, it, when you he, when you hear about the people who you know they're full time mom they just opened a gym they have all these things that are stacked against them yeah they finished in eleventh place but like that's the best that they could have done and like that's inspiring to me not just the yeah. person who trains all day and it's like this is their job and they get everything handed to them I mean there's so many more people who are like dedicating when they have every reason to not like you have every yeah. reason to not want to do this like why the fuck would you want to do all these workouts like why would you want to do 10 workouts in a weekend why would you want to sacrifice your saturdays so you can train but yeah it's hard that's the thing right i mean it's a it's a hard sport like that's that's one of the most beautiful things about it like the reason that not everybody can do really well at it is because it's like really really hard um and i think that uh like to what you're talking about those are the moments to me like those moments are sometimes even more important right for the person that finishes whatever the case 11th and all the people that, that didn't podium this year or didn't win this year um and even us like i would talk about you know listen third place is third place uh it's the pinnacle of like for me being a coach and, and progressing an athlete to that point like it's definitely a high point but what do you like what do you think you know what I mean? What do you think from a competitive standpoint, the conversation starts to go to when you walk away from a weekend at the games and you're going, man, I took ninth in the run. I'm speaking for Sam here. You know, we took ninth overall in an event that was head running in it, which is kind of historically been a weakness for us. Uh, but we really, really, really made some improvements this year. Didn't finish last, but really made some improvements, hoping to make more improvements. And then outside of that, I didn't, I didn't finish outside of the top five. And there's like two spots we can reevaluate on. It's like, man, we'd have done this, or we'd have done that. Or just like, yo, what if we took a top five on the run workout? Would we have won? You know what I mean? Like, so I think it depends on, on, on like, again, right, what, what your goals are, where you're at with your, with your progression. And uh, some people, you know, just like I knew when my time was over as an athlete, um, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like, you'll know, you know, like people tell me, like, oh, I'm thinking about giving it up. I tell them, don't do that. Like, don't give it up until you know. Like, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to know. Because it's a hell of a thing to get back. And uh, it's such a special thing. You know what I mean? Um, but, but for everybody out there that, and I put, I scale this backwards also, right? So you're, say you're the person that's coming to me that's like, my goal is to get near the top. 10% out of the open this year. You know, we have like some specific metrics around that. And okay, like in order to do that, I have to finish inside the top thousand. And last year I was like 1700 or whatever. Okay. Well, to me, like, let's say that person comes up short, right? Well, there's, there's no difference to me for that individual that there might be for, let's say, Kim taking 10th last year at the game. Okay. The, the, the tenants that have that situation breaks out are like, okay. Did you, were you willing to commit yourself to the goal that you set? You know, if the answer is yes, cool. Did you give everything you had to, you know, that outcome? If the answer is yes, cool. Right? So this isn't always about uh, winning or losing. It's important, but it's not always about winning or losing. It's, It's about, it's about growth, right? 
And it's about, uh, it's about taking a risk in a world where we, we pretty much shy away from that on a regular basis. It's about putting yourself out there to be vulnerable enough in front of the rest of the world that you're willing to do something or attempt something uh, that most people would never try in their life. You know, so um, for that person that finishes, let's say, you know, 1200 and then advanced 500 spots, well, that's, that's a great improvement. Um, Kim takes 10th in the world last year, the first time she gets to the games. I'm walking away from that experience. So listen, I really hope you continue this, but you have nothing left to prove, you know, other than to yourself, right? You're never going to have to prove anything to anybody again. You qualified for the cross league. You're, you're in the club, you know, like, so to go out there and hold your own and be right there with the best of them. I mean, that's icing on the cake, but like, I was already the most proud I was going to be of Kim Sandoval the first time, you know, um, as I am for any athlete that's, that's ever gone out there and put it on the line. And I, I mean that, like you could literally talk to any of them. And these are things we talk about all the time. Like this has to be for some other reason. This has to be for something that is just burns inside of you. You go to sleep every night. It's, it's what you're thinking about. You wake up first thing in the morning, you're on your phone, you're looking at, things about it like it just that's what I mean when I said and I just think that those moments where you come up short are the most important moments in your career as an athlete because those are the ones that, that end up defining you right and nobody nobody remembers those right so you can take a tenth of the games and you can kind of go to sleep on that you're like well you know here we go so you go from having the best year you've ever had to having the best year you've ever had and that happens because of obviously being committed, being willing to go there, being uh, driven, but also just because there's got to be a part of you as a competitor that looks at that and says, but that's not good enough, you know? So, like, it's, it's awesome to accomplish really incredible things, but where things get really unique and really special, I think, is when you have that synergy between an athlete, most importantly, and a coach who is fully aligned with that individual and fully uh, understands what they're asking. And you guys kind of both decide, like, there's something more I can give them. But you can't, you can't grow without those moments. So whether it's failure, which I don't think is necessarily a real thing, but whether it's failure for you or coming up short somewhere, right, it's a, it's a necessary point of growth. So if everybody out there is like, oh, man, I, I suck, or I finished this, or I'm not there yet, or whatever, like, you're, there's not going to be a good time that you're ready to take your game to the next level. There's not going to be like a, let me just, like, think of everybody you know that, that was starting CrossFit, or that, that once upon a time, I used to be like, hey, you should come try this gym that I go to, or whatever, and they'd be like, oh, I got to get in shape first. <laughs> like, we can laugh at that, because we know inside of the gym, sort of like what a what a process is for somebody coming into the system and you can be in the best shape of your life if you've never done this stuff you, you know you're going to have a learning curve but likewise for the aspiring athletes you know what i mean there's there's uh there's lots of great coaches out there there's lots of people who are um you know committed to, to helping individuals you know realize those goals that they have and realize their potential um and i just think it's not it's not worth time is your asset 
you know, like time is your biggest asset and you're burning it. Like if you're spending one day uh, doing something that, that isn't moving you exceedingly closer to where you need to be and you know that there's purpose behind it and intent behind it, then uh, honestly, this is going to sting, but like you're just working. You know what I mean? Like you're just working out. 